0: are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to culture insanity podcast this is episode number 13 um hey guys how are you
0: i'm i'm good,
1: <laughs> Pastor I'm Ronsi, good. how Hi, you hanging in there oh yeah good good all right so let's just uh let's get right into it this week um obviously thank you to the people that are tuning in already and looking forward to our show this saturday uh, what's on the docket this week? What's on the docket this Saturday? We have a petition going around, um, signed by and you know endorsed and supported by the Hollywood elite, as it were, um, in regards to the need for a radical change that the coronavirus has given us the opportunity to open our eyes to. So that's on the docket. We're going to be talking about that. And I'll uh, I'll I'll quote a little bit from that article to to loop y'all in as far as what that what they're talking about and what they're suggesting and what we're supposed to even be taking from that. Um, there's an interesting article that is in regards to Star Wars canon. So if you're a Star Wars fan, um, you hey, can hold
0: in. on, hold on a second. We're we don't have audio going to the Mevo. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: There's an extra audio cord
0: back there, man. Yeah. So people. It's literally can... right next to you. Look look right there look on, on the shelf right there shelf. if it was
1: a snake it would have bit you this is where we need that cat meme that says hang in there baby and he's hanging from a, a tight rope or whatever so run it back from the top from the top tell me when play the disclaimer <laughs> The
0: views presented there in this we program go. are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. Which is to say, we're <laughs> Alright
1: everyone, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the Culture Insanity Podcast. This is episode number 13. Uh, we've already established that... Pashwanti and Josh are both doing good, so we're going to skip the formality. And it's episode
0: 13, so it's the cursed episode. Ah,
1: yes. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, so what's on our docket today? We are talking about the Hollywood elite and a petition they're signing. Uh, that you know the coronavirus has opened our eyes to the need for you know radical social and ecological change. Um, this is what the article and what these um, peoples are suggesting. So we're gonna try to break that down and ask some questions regarding that. There's an interesting article about Star Wars canon and uh, something that the, the 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 author of this article is um, suggesting worth worth note. And if there's time. Uh, we're going to maybe dip into She-Ra, the remake. Um, She-Ra is basically the female-friendly version of He-Man. Right, Pastor? You know about She-Ra? She-Ra, yeah. She-Ra? Is it She-Ra? It's She-Ra. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> so tomato, there's... tomato. Yeah, tomato, tomato. Uh, anyways, okay, so first up, as I said, there is a, I guess, a, a petition. I, we're, I I, we're
0: we're being told that there's a low humming noise, but you got it. Okay, cool. Because I I didn't hear it on my end.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, a bunch of Hollywood, you know, actors, very famous people as well as not so famous actors anymore, um, are all putting their names and signing this, um editorial or pet- petition or something. I don't know. They're trying to gather like a, a massive, you know, um, following in terms of the call to um, radically change how we do things as a society. Mm-hmm. And so to sort of get you guys on, on track and on board, and I'm just going to read some of, the, some of the excerpts from this article. Um, in the op-ed, op-ed published to French paper La Monde, guaranteed that was pronounced right earlier this week the hollywood elite make their make clear that they want to radically transform society in order to address the quote ongoing ecological catastrophe it calls this ongoing ecological catastrophe as a direct existential threat that will have immeasurable consequences and one of those consequences they claim is the massive extinction of life on earth The group of signers claim the pursuit of consumerism and an obsession with productivity have led us to deny the value of life itself. The letter also stated, pollution, climate change, and the destruction of our remaining natural zones has brought the world to a breaking point. Thus, they want to radically transform society, which includes a profound overhaul of our goals, values, and economies. And they also detail the radical transformation we need at all levels demanding boldness and courage. That the radical transformation demands boldness and courage. Um, and in the article, it suggests that, you know, the coronavirus has sort of put it into perspective because here's this global pandemic thing we have and how it's like destabilized a lot of different things in regards to living. Um, and their, I guess their point is, yes, that's bad, but there's a greater there's a greater threat going on, and so they're throwing around these big words and and throwing around these um, I don't know scary ideas or suggesting these scary ideas or whatever. Um, not that they're completely unfounded, I would say, but yeah, they're so they're calling for a, a massive change, and I think in the article there's a um, there's a admonishment or I don't know what you would call it, basically about. Th- Things can't go back to normal. You've probably heard that heard that phrase being thrown around a lot lately. Since you know we're a couple months into the COVID thing, is you know a back to normal um, mentality. Uh, and so, basically, with with the article in mind and all that, um, the questions I have, first of all, and I, I'm sure Josh has or will post the article so you can you can look at it for yourself if you want. Sure, um, I'll do that. But First of all, what are they actually saying or suggesting? Like uh, in the article, if you, if you read it, and you know, I, I took the best parts of, of the article, so <laughs> take, it, take it for what it is. Are they actually saying or suggesting anything, or are they just, um, with all due respect, complaining? How do you interpret the, the little excerpts that I was
2: reading there, guys? Well, this this article represents a massive intellectual catastrophe. (laughs) Okay. These these individuals that are adhering to and signing this uh, petition basically are themselves in the heart of uh, capitalism and speak from a position of privilege within the society that exists to begin with because they make their money off of of that uh... consumer of capitalism and they live in excess uh... from the ordinary people so right off the top i mean what they're adhering to is they're basically putting forth the same agenda which is present for the uh... left uh... Leaning politicians of the world that are purporting that there's some type of, uh, you know, existential, which they can't define. That's why they call it an existential threat. It's,
0: it's existential.
2: Uh, of, which, it, of Tomato, tomato, of which they are a part of. Um, no. <laughs> and let's be honest. You know, we're not talking about intellectual giants here. They're actors. That's, they make okay. their living copying so, other people. <laughs>
0: All right, we've, we've, yeah. we've talked about this multiple times, and there's a couple, there's a couple like major problems that I'm, I want to push back on, not the least of which is the idea that people who do one particular thing can't think. I think that that's ridiculous. You don't have to be a scientist to – or you don't have to – just because you're a scientist doesn't mean you can't jog well. It just—it just isn't. That's not true. Like human beings are dynamic, so whatever. That we've talked about that like multiple times. That is ridiculous. But I've,
2: I've heard it's that some first actor talk when they don't have a script to follow.
0: And I've heard some Damn. actors talk who don't have a script to follow that are perfectly sound and logical too. Hmm. So I—that's just not—that's not valid in my mind. Um, it's not a compelling argument. But the first thing you said, uh, what was the first thing you said? Intellectual
1: catastrophe?
0: No, after that, oh. when you were like, establishing the concept of an intellectual catastrophe with these guys. They well,
2: operate inside of a world of prison. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's,
0: that's what it is. I, 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 I find it hard to believe that you're making that argument. That's, you're essentially making an intersectional argument. Like, the idea that they can't understand because they come from a place of privilege, I I would push back on that, too. I mean, did not Bruce Wayne fight crime, even though he was... no Okay, that's... <laughs> did not Superman, a person with extreme power, come to... No. Um, but, you know, like, I, I find that... I,
2: characters, I operate in reality. Alright,
0: let me give you reality. Did not Jesus Christ humble himself and align himself with those who he didn't have, uh, who, you know, who were beneath his station? Is he not the propitiation for our sins?
2: I believe that these people think they're demigods, but they're not. Regardless of what they believe, simply because Jesus Christ was God, different.
0: That only justifies my position.
2: They only act like they're little gods. They're not.
0: It only justifies my position. Jesus Christ is God, and there's a huge, humble, there's a huge yeah. disparity between him and us, and yet he was able to humble himself and take on even something that didn't belong to him so that he could champion our cause.
2: Okay, like, here's I, the not... these, these people, look, these people don't operate in reality. I can name you multiple individuals and I don't, in, in fairness, I don't know if they signed this petition or not, but they drive around in their fancy cars, they have huge boats, they fly around in, uh, in expensive private aircraft.
0: But that's you not all what? of them.
2: They, they, a large majority. But you and don't, you
0: don't what, what statistics are, what statistics are you going they, on there? Like, do you know? So, Adam Driver. Let's take Adam Driver. Okay. So I
2: said, I said, I don't know who signed it. So so I'm I'm telling
0: you who did sign it. I'm telling you who did sign it. So we take a name like Adam Driver. Okay. So Adam Driver. He's the guy who played Kylo Ren. Okay. So Adam Driver signed it. He went into the military and he had a medical discharge and he doesn't live that way. He doesn't even watch himself. He doesn't even watch himself in movies and things like that. He even walked well, out. I don't
2: of a... watch myself either.
0: Okay, <laughs> the point being is Adam Driver is known for living humbly, and he goes around to like USO shows and things like that because he was a part of the military and he was medically discharged. Um, and if you've ever listened to him talk, he's actually very, very smart and very humble. I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's that. That's the. I feel like that's the wrong battle to pick in this particular issue. Issue.
2: That's okay. Pick a different battle. That's just my view on how it is that they deal with things. I, I discount what they have to say. They don't operate in reality. I do.
0: Hmm. Oh, okay. I just. How do you define reality in in what in what you're speaking about?
2: Well, if you want to. If you want to say that you're going to eliminate the use of all petroleum products in the United States because there's an, in the world, because there's a, uh, you know, existential threat. Existential.
0: Mm. It's not potato, uh, potato. Existen- existence. Existence. It has a different meaning. It would be existential.
2: No, it's coming. Through the phone incorrect oh though. okay that's what it is you're okay <laughs> sure yeah Jeez. the reality is if you're going to say that there's that there's this threat exists and so you're going to want to eliminate uh, all use of fossil fuels etc cetera, etc cetera, um you know what that's not reality because our world is based upon that do they want to take us back to what is that? Uh, what is, is that? Back
0: what is that though? What is that? Like before, before Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla, the world was powered by candles. Like, I, I just don't, I don't understand that argument. That's not a compelling argument. Things are not reality. Things right. are not reality would, until they are three months ago, would, three months ago, you not. would have said three months ago, you would have said that it's not reality that everybody would be walking around Oregon in face masks. It just, no, I wouldn't yeah. say that. Okay. If <laughs> reality shifts, reality changes, and it changes based upon people doing exactly what these people are doing. We cannot, in the, on the one side of our mouth, talk about how they are trying to attempt to change reality and how we should take that seriously. You know, that they have an agenda, for instance. We can't on the one side of our mouth say that, and then on the other side say, they're not operating in reality, and we should dismiss them because they're all crackpots and kooks.
2: What I'm saying is, is their so-called vision is extremely short-sighted. They have no understanding or concept of how commerce works in the world today. They have no understanding of how this food supply works. It's a difficult
0: difficult reality, but listen to what they're saying. They're saying that as artists, they want to form a coalition that will change the way that people perceive the world, and that perception change is what is going to eventually change the world. Isn't that literally, isn't that literally what you've been saying that Hollywood's agenda is right from the start? Right out the gate that all of these changes that we've seen, for instance, in the, in the family, for instance, all of the way that culture has perceived things is largely driven by the Hollywood machine, by the media machine, Hollywood being a major part of it, that they have for several years, for the last you know, 50 years or so, mm. um, have made a concerted effort and to change things, that they've been successful in it. And now all that's being said here is just being out in the open as opposed to being in secret. What's the difference?
2: Yeah, they are overt. And I'm just saying that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as an old person, because what they're purporting is so short-sighted, uh, I discount what they have to say. Even the argument that we should go to all electric. So let's do with all fossil fuel, Let's do away with all fossil fuels. And let's go. Uh, uh, everything needs to be uh, run on electricity. How the heck they think that electricity is generated?
0: Aren't you concerned that that dismissive attitude is the same mm-hmm. attitude that said that there would not be homosexual couples on TV, for instance? Right? You know, back in the no, 80s.
2: No, I never, I never believed that, Josh.
0: Listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is people were dismissive about, except for Tipper Gore, people were dismissive about, like, uh, the degradation of the family into uh, television and into movies. And now we fast forward, you know, 30 years later, and this is, that's literally what they accomplished.
1: Well, and the church too. The church doesn't want to deal with issues. It, and so right. And now sad. you have the, the, church the church is church always splitting in half. And, and, and the church is always paying catch up at that point. Yeah. Then.
2: It is a sad reflection Of the denigration uh, and extolment of man's sinful nature, of which we will see more and more of as we come closer to the return of Christ. Doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Uh, Okay, but it did surprise the church, and it does surprise the the old, like pretty much all the old people that I've talked to. Only
2: because they weren't reading their Bible. Uh,
0: Okay, what I'm saying is is to be dismissive of the power of Hollywood has allowed for things to creep up that you know people would never have thought crept up before. And whether it's a, an economic thing or not, like like you're saying they don't understand economics, but like look at um, right, who is it sure. Chanel? Was it Chanel who did the commercials? I can't remember but but you have. Um, companies that are willing to completely – was it the Razor commercials? I can't remember, but they've got people, like, leaving in droves from their company because they're alienating – through their commercials, they were, like, they're alienating – Oh, I know
1: what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ah, What is it? What is that? Uh, Was it deodorant?
1: I can't remember. Yeah, we – Yeah, it was last season. I think we talked about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: But they're making business decisions. Gillette. Yeah, Gillette? Gillette, Gillette, Gillette. Yeah, they're making business decisions based on a on a vocal minority. That's that. You know, they. The thing is, when you have a mob mentality, when you have successfully taken the children, you don't need to understand how finances work you burn it all down before, before that becomes an issue.
1: Yeah, the Gillette commercial was the we believe the best a man can be. And it yeah. was, the whole controversy was, it was, you know, promoting, you know, toxic masculinity and, and such. Um, we talked about it, I think it was last season. But yeah. yeah. But, okay, so here's, I think we're dancing around
0: the real issue here. The real issue is when they talk about the sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, you know, they talk about um, the world and how ecology and all of these things need to change, you know. And I get what you're saying about, about the uphill battle that that would be a difficult uphill battle and they'd have to undo all sorts of stuff. But just take a look at President Trump and the way that he's like constantly upended the status quo um, for better or worse. Uh, but he, but he hasn't fit into the box. I think it's possible you get the right person into a place and you can be a real disruptor of the status quo. So, um, and then you look at like Are you in, saying influencers,
1: the, uh, the right person on on their side of what they're saying. I don't, the what saying? Is, I don't think that the antichrist
0: is. I don't think that the antichrist is indicative of oil. <laughs> <laughs> like I I think that that I think he'll have more things on his plate than that. But anyway. Um, or the man of lawlessness, if you want to be specific. Uh, what, what were
1: we asking, Adam? Or the commander in spirit of the air, right? <laughs> we talked about last night. What, but what were you saying, Adam? You're saying the right. So you use Trump as a in contrast to 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 someone who is you know disrupting the status quo of. What am I trying to say? So, someone like Trump on on their side of things to to what they're trying to to get across. Yeah, I mean you look at. You look at th- these celebrities,
0: you know, celebrities have millions of followers mm-hmm. and they have an instant channel. They don't need a State of the Union address. Whenever they're brushing their teeth and they post it, it's a State of the Union address. Twitter is so, – every Twitter
2: post is a State of the Union. Yeah. yeah. So
0: you look at like ta- – That's
2: an existential
1: threat right there. I
0: mean we're thank- – I, I, I'm thankful that like Taylor Swift, for instance, um, she was really angry about it. But when she, like, posted and, like, all these people, like, signed up as voters, right, they still weren't able to affect the vote the way that she wanted to, and she was really angry about that. But I'm happy with that. Nonetheless, she was able to get people to sign up as voters just by telling people to sign up as voters. And that's something. That's interesting. Um, but, but that being said.
2: Well, she, she told him to sign up and vote. Uh, she forgot the second. Pro- well, she told him to sign up so they could vote she forgot the second part of the process get off your ass and vote
0: i don't get it <laughs> i don't
2: they understand they might have signed up to vote but you know what really cost the election As, besides having a lousy candidate was uh, the fact that uh, the fact that the millennials didn't vote
0: oh okay well whatever the the point being is i'm thankful that it's not so far That they can dictate through one Twitter post, Mm. Um, they're not that much of influencers, but she was enough of an influencer that she was actually able to. You were actually able to see a spike in people signing up to vote, and that is disturbing. Mm. It is disturbing. It says a lot about the power of media. Um, So that that being said,
2: And and I don't 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 get me wrong, I don't dismiss the fact that there's power there but i think that it's but but when that comes face to face with reality josh particularly these people who live in privilege and you start stripping away their cars and their boats and their planes and their electricity for their houses and they don't they can't get anywhere nor can they get any food because the food chain has been disrupted you see when that reality starts to hit then they're going to turn into nothing but a bunch of whiners.
0: I, 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 reject, your intersectional, uh, I reject your intersectional argument that they can't possibly understand. I'm a
2: understand. Person, Josh. Well, That's exactly
0: then, then operate in I mean. reality. The reality is that they're human beings, that they have different uh, ways that they got their stardom, and they have different ways of going about their stardom. So that's the reality. Some people for, for for every for every rock star, you know, for every rock star that you get, you know, that sort of um, abuses their their fame, right? You also get your Ed Bagley Jr.'s. Yeah. Who you probably don't know. But um oh, Ed Bagley Jr. is he's a he's a famous character actor, but he um he he, he rides his bike to power his house. What? <laughs> he, he actually – he's actually on um, – he's actually on a show on NBC oh. right now called Bless This Mess.
1: You know what I know him from? What? The Page Master. There you go. <laughs> he was McCoy Culkin's dad.
0: There you go. For for every for every, you know, person like that, you also get those people and we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The same the same phenomenon that you're talking about is true as it is in any institution. It's as true in Hollywood as it is within the church, as it is within the Republican Party, as it is within the Democratic Party, as it is within your local grocery store or high school or movie theater it's just people are people and there's always going to be a diversity of it and we can't we can't lump them in that way um
2: okay that's fine i'm i'm okay with that josh because the reality is if these people have a shirt their
0: way, you need a shirt i've okay. decided that's your catchphrase <laughs>
2: i'm okay with it.
0: You, it that no no your oh. your your catchphrase is the reality is oh. That's what I always know it's coming. Go ahead. If these
2: people have their way, Josh Adam, if these people have their way (laughs) We're here. I'm not gonna wrestle with the consequence because I'll be dead. But you're you are the Yeah. So So listen to my words carefully. Listen to my words carefully. What they're purporting would destroy the society that you understand and know today. And they speak from a position. This is my position, okay? It's wrong. They speak from a position of ignorance, and arrogance.
0: I, there's a certain irony there. I don't
2: there. it in any fashion.
0: There's a certain irony there, and it's just wrong. You're 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 doom saying, and and society has gone through multiple changes uh, that you know can be positive or negative depending on depending on how people deal with the change and not necessarily what it is. The changes that they want to make are not like hey let's institute um let's institute Roman Colosseum style entertainment, you know? They're not talking about that. They're talking about changes which are beneficial to society. Their problem is short-sighted, but they're talking about changes which ultimately have the right thought process about what they want to do like, they want to be good stewards of things. That's, you know, the difficulty in instituting that, yes, it may take down the way of life as it is that we know it, but that doesn't mean that it's doom that comes from it. The, the real problem with what, where they're coming from is not that they don't have the infrastructure to accomplish it. Man is very resilient as long as what he has in mind is loving God and loving each other. And the problem with what they're talking about is they want to love each other, they don't want to love God, mm-hmm. and that's what fuels loving each other. And you can see it in the very way that they talk about it, which is specifically they're talking about taking care of this, this, and this, and the sanctity of life. But they leave out things like abortion. Mm-hmm. We're okay. We got to save the planet, but in terms of the human species, we're okay with killing off, you know, more people than than any than any war ever took. That tells you that it's short-sighted. But whether the infrastructure is there, humans are resilient. They'll, they'll survive. They'll make it work, just like, you know, when the candle companies took issue with the electric company or the electric companies took issue with the electric companies. Mm-hmm. If you ever wa- want to watch a boring movie about an interesting subject, watch, uh, oh, what's it called? The electric com- No, the lightning com-
1: what? The one that came out
0: that yeah. never really went to theaters? With Tesla and... <laughs>
2: Tesla versus Edison,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's a boring movie. I was so excited for it because I love that time in history. Yeah, I wondered, always
1: wonder what happened to that movie. I, like, I saw it. It, like,. Really?
0: Was yeah, it like I saw a select it, release? or limited I guess release? it came out. Uh, I saw it at Fox Something Towers. current. The, something, the, the current war. The current war. The yeah. current war. I saw it at Fox Towers, um, which, for those of you who don't know, is l- like more of. It, they have first run, but they do more art housey yeah, films. Art, yeah, artsy independent. It was boring. <laughs> but it, it was still interesting, but it was
1: boring. So they're short sighted. They're short sighted and they're contradictory in there.
2: Computer.
1: What did you say, Pastor Monty?
2: I got a charge out of the subject banner.
1: Nice. Ha, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, So they're short-sighted and, and, and contradictory in what they're purporting because they're not, you know, wanting to fully address or they're, w- they're willing to ignore other aspects of, of their, you know, whatever you call it, agenda or something. Yeah, I don't have a problem with their agenda. I
0: like that agenda for the record. I think it's short-sighted. I think it will fail. Well,
1: the thing was, with that agenda comes all kinds of other things too. It leaves out all kinds of things, and it okay, just com- <laughs> <He's> back scratcher. <laughs> it leaves out all kinds of things, as you alluded to, and then it comes with all sorts of things, and you know, like it, in their statement or whatever. And I don't—is this just like a joint? statement i guess so how are we supposed to they're making a stand
0: they're posting their 95 theses yeah exactly um that's a martin luther reference for those who don't know not king they're
1: talking about (laughs) they're talking about um you know economics and and environment just as much as they're talking about values and, and morals perhaps so it comes with their their agenda comes with all kinds of things which you have to keep your eyes open to as well um and it like you said, it leaves out things as well. So
0: I applaud it. Um, I agree with you, Pastor Monty. For the record, i I don't believe that what they're trying to do, nor what they're thinking about, is doing anything more than starting the discussion uh, publicly. Right? I think that that's what they're trying to do. I don't think that they're trying to build infrastructure. So, I know that's. Oh, you... I
2: think it, no. It's it's again it's short sighted and it's much it's much broader than that they have a clear agenda and they're working at as many levels as possible to bring that agenda about well there's no there's so, no
0: problem you know, let me ask you a question do you not do you not agree with the agenda that's stated or do you think there's a separate agenda
2: i don't believe i believe that you know if we if we understand that there are that we need to come up with different solutions as to how we uh, as to how we power, uh, this is about a power issue. So how we how we power um, the world that is around us, as you said, mankind is innovative, and we should look at ways to be able to do that and embrace that. Have no problem with that. I have issues with the fact that, again, they're short-sighted and they don't understand the dynamics surrounding what it is that they're proposing. They're the ones that want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you've ever heard or listened to the proposals of the radical left and AOC and how it is that they're talking. Okay, you know, but they're not just, AOC. Um, her, so her, problem,
0: her problem is that her concept of infrastructure to support her ideology sucks. But in terms of it being the right ideology, I think that that ideology right, is in line with, a, with what we should but, be thinking as believers. It's just not the, enough.
2: Right, but to say we have an intellectual or – okay, we have a, an existential threat. Existential. Yeah, sure. Ex- existential. And threat. by the way, it's
0: not hard to define. Uh, existential literally means.
2: And, and to say that the world. An as existential we know threat it.
0: means a threat to existence. That's all it means. And, and,
2: and the world as we know it is going to completely collapse in twelve years. Is uh, bovine excrement right there? Um, well,
0: we're in the middle of a pandemic, that nobody that nobody. 12 years ago saw coming so i don't know
2: uh, no no the pandemic is a different
0: no 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 the, the pandemic is a different issue entirely no it demonstrates my Once point address... it dem- no it demonstrates my point that the world can change instantly that's that's the only thing i'm saying
2: okay well i i i don't know that i necessarily agree with that um, well, think back to think back are, to
0: the day. Think back to the day when you were in your early thirties. When you it? were in your early thirties on December what uh, whatever that date was, and the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, did not your world change instantly?
2: No, I wasn't born. <laughs>
0: <laughs> think back to when Brutus assassinated Caesar. Did not your world change instantly?
2: I wasn't born. It didn't bother me one bit.
0: <laughs> The world can change instantly. That's all I'm saying. So th- this concept of you know, these, I don't know hoarding uh, intellect.
2: These, these, <laughs> dooms- <laughs> That's interesting. these doomsday prognosticators, uh, like to- who told us that the the world was going to end in the year two thousand uh, because uh, of the computers changing. T- 12, 12, um, you know, I. I, I just don't, I just don't believe it. And
0: yet there's and a I, certain I, irony, again, to you doomsday prognosticating, which just means telling the future guys, prognosis, anyway, but but by you saying that, you know, if these people were to do this, then everything would collapse. They're, you're no different.
2: No, I'm, I'm, I am quite different. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> if you if you wish to argue that, then I would just say, OK, so let's take let's take section by section and let's talk about the infrastructure uh, in which the world is built upon. Uh, let's talk about that for a second and explain to me how it is that you're going to deal with the uh, with international trade and the supply chains which exist throughout the world and all of the cargo that is shipped around the world with ships that are driven by oil by the way Um, and and we could just go down and we could address each one of those and my statement to you would be alright you're making an assertion tell me how you're going to maintain a supply chain when you destroy at the root level what it is that is used to make that function. If you can't give me a reasonable option, a secondary alternative option, then my position is shut
1: up. Okay, so that was an invitation if you wish to have a further conversation with him. We are on a limited time so we're not going to have that conversation right now. (laughs) Um, But I do want to move on to the next topic.
0: And, and for the record, before we move on, I completely disagree with that. There you go.: <laughs>
2: Okay, I have the last word: right, Josh?
0: No, I just want to make it clear that your last word doesn't mean that's the position of the show, the church or all of the hosts. It's just your last word. I just want yes, to be clear. Yeah, that's yeah, you saying yeah. that's you saying if you are unable to explain how something should be, you should shut up, which, by the way, is a logical fallacy. It's not true. Just because you can't explain Thank something you. doesn't mean that it's untrue. It just means that you can't explain it. So I just want to be clear, like we on this show invite discussion, not shut discussion down. So.
2: Oh, absolutely. I invite discussion, too. But I invite intelligent discussion
1: yes okay let's move on as I said at the top of the show there's an interesting article in regards to Star Wars specifically Star Wars canon mm. uh, did you read that article? I was
0: no yes I did I was the one who posted it but oh yeah I was on the Star Wars ride and we drove by big cannons on that ride just saying what? <laughs> Okay, thank you.
1: (laughs) It was cool. You could watch them shoot into space, and they're like you're you're like trying to escape. So there's this guy Matt Martin. It says he's a Star Wars story group writer, which I'm not entirely sure what that means.
0: So the Star Wars story group is part of something that was put together when Disney bought. um, So he's
1: part of just an incubator for where to take the Star Wars universe in all of its uh, mediums. You know, games yeah. and, and movies. Sorry about and paying film. no
0: attention to the children in the background. <laughs> they're supposed to be quiet during this time, but somebody let them out of the closet.
1: Um, so he's a story group writer, so he's part of this, you know, think tank of, of people that – Yeah, that's Disney. their
0: their job because it's a it's a big job to, to that, deal it's... with a uh, an expansive universe like that where you've got TV shows and all these different things and they're all canon, mm-hmm. quote-unquote – They're all considered official, and so they put – so Disney put together a group of people that would oversee making sure that all of these stories work together. Mm. And that's –
1: yeah, and then through that and through the acquisition, Disney acquiring it, they decided to hit like a hard reset button um, in many regards because for those of you that don't know – Star Wars had a very expansive like um fan fiction and and stuff like that that re- that took the universe and and really expanded it.
0: Well, it wasn't really it wasn't really fan fiction. It was it was all like Lucas um had made clear that and it, like so basically things had to go through Lucas, but Lucas made clear that anything that went through his publishers mm. that you know they had the rights to was Star Wars canon. was considered canon. So there was a whole universe called the Uh, I think it was the Extended Universe. Yeah, EU. Yeah.
1: It's referred to as legends now.
0: Yeah, and so when Disney took over, they said these things are just legends. They may be true. They may not be true. Mm -hmm. But what you see on screen is what is true, and whatever's on print from here on in is true. Yeah, like
1: comic books. Yeah, so comic comic books, books movies, So anything after the
0: acquisition, anything Mm -hmm. after the acquisition is true, but anything before that is legend. And they have brought to their... To their, um, I don't know. Like they have, to their credit, they have brought some of the things, some of the characters and stories. They even yeah. like they even picked up a show, one of the animated shows. I can't remember that was pre, uh, that was pre-canon, pre-Disney acquisition, and um, gave it like a new season, making that whole show into canon. So,
1: are you talking about Rebels? I think so there's Clone Wars and then there's Rebels both are animated shows. Yeah. Yeah, and then even like um there was an allusion to to the to it too like in the Han Solo movie there was an allusion to a Rebels thing. Anyways, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um so for whatever reason he's found himself this this writer Matt Martin has found himself like uh defending defending or trying to articulate the position that he and his colleagues have in regards to the whole canon thing. Right. Um, And I'll just read a... I'll read a thing from here real quick. It says, according to the writer, Matt, fans should just relax since it really doesn't matter. Martin found himself on social media trying to articulate his feeling about the process and came to the conclusion that the fans can do whatever they like with the source material. And this seems like a logical idea for longtime fans who feel they've been ignored. And he says... What is and isn't canon informs how future stories may be told, but it doesn't need to dictate how individual fans enjoy their own personal Star Wars story. Mm. So in the example earlier, the person was asking – he's referencing an earlier you know, part of the conversation. The person was asking about re-canonizing um, a past story since that specific story hasn't been explored in the new canon. And I said to them, if they like that story, there's no reason they can't accept it as real in their version of Star Wars. But if there was an opportunity to tell that story now that the new creator would not be beholden to that old version of the story. And then I'll I'll just read this. Cause it was a long he was in a long, like Twitter um, you know, I don't know if you'd call it an argument, but just, you know, articulating his position. It's a string of tweets he posted. He says at the end, so to summarize, there's a reason that we need to internally know what is and isn't canon so we can keep our line of official storytelling as aligned as possible, but that doesn't mean fans can't individually pick and choose what they want to accept as true. Kind of a red flag. It's all fake anyway, so you can just choose to accept whatever you want as part of the story. Um. Initial thoughts.
2: That's the crux of the issue right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's... that's it's
1: grooming. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And that's
1: where my line of questioning would come in. What is the deeper concern when we read read or hear something like that? What happens when you give people license to accept or reject the status quo of truth? Quote, unquote. That's my wording. Despite your mission to be authentic to it. And then how... John
0: Parker says... My Star Wars truth.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happens when you give people license to accept or reject the status quo of truth, despite your mission? So, Matt, um, your mission to be authentic to it and to try to, you know, keep it sacred in some regard. And how does this play out in other areas of life, as you alluded to, or you alluded to? Uh, it's potentially grooming of a of a bigger issue. Yeah. So, what do you guys think? <clears throat> what happens when you give people license to um, accept or reject
2: yeah the the, bro- the broader issue is the is the cultural effect on reinforcing the idea that truth is subjective mhm
0: yeah definitely
2: and it is not
0: well and specifically this guy you could consider him one of the like 12 apostles right <laughs> Right you okay, can, I'll hear you out. <laughs> you can consider him one <laughs> okay. of the well, think about it. His job, what he has been tasked with by George Lucas and the holy yeah. the, the Holy Institution of Walt Disney is – we laugh,
1: but people like treat it that treat way. it that way. It's yeah, same with Star Trek and any of the yeah, major. okay,
0: let's not touch Star Trek. Which, by the way... Just, you see what I'm talking about? I just got to say... <laughs> you see
1: what I'm talking
0: about? I just got to say something significant happened yesterday for Culture Insanity. And I'm just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, okay? I know it's a deviation, but it's important, and I'm deviating over Star Wars, so I feel okay about it. Anyway, um, in Star Trek, they just announced a new show called Star Trek new, a Strange New Worlds. And Star Trek Strange New Worlds is going to star Christopher Pike... And uh, um, number one and Spock, the original crew that Gene Roddenberry put together, because the fans were so impressed with with those characters uh, showing up in Star Trek: Discovery that they wanted a new show. Why that's interesting is because the original Star Trek, the one that people are like uh, excited about, the the one that like created like Star Trek fandom, you know, with Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. That's not the original idea for Star Trek. It is the second pilot, which is kind of unprecedented, actually, in TV history. They usually don't do second pilots. But anyway, it's the second pilot that they put together that had Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. But the original pilot had Pike and Number One and Spock. And so now we get a spinoff, you know, 50-plus years later of – The second pilot, which is essentially the show that was originally supposed to, you know, create the thing to begin with. So it's like culture is catching up with Star Trek. Um, So it's just really significant. And as a Star Trek fan, I'm super happy about it. Anyway.
1: So for sure you're deviated. So you're calling Matt Martin one of the Twelve Apostles. Okay.
0: So Matt Martin is one of the – thank you for that. I appreciate it. it's. Uh, it's a moment <laughs> of joy for me. Um, <clears throat> Matt Martin is one of the Twelve Apostles in the sense that bu- he's been charged by the Holy Institution to go out and make disciples of – of, of star wars and the way that he does that is by spreading the gospel of star wars and keeping the no listen listen <laughs> the spreading the new hope across the galaxy right oh,
1: nice.
0: and and his responsibility is to maintain the sanctity of the story that's his job mm-hmm. right his job is to be one of the keepers of the story of right. star wars
1: mm-hmm.
0: so w- what what is he doing
1: yeah, exactly. He's, he's
0: distorting a, the truth. He's saying, well, this is the truth, and we're allowed to say the truth, but you're allowed to have your version of the truth, but this is what the truth is going to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, that, yeah, I he's I agree. A, yeah, put it in, put it back into the, the using the metaphor. He's the know, heretic. Mean, yeah, put yeah. it back into, you know. Get it wrong. You see Peter doing that, you know, saying all this stuff about who Christ is and what he's accomplished and who you are, and, and then he says, but you can choose to believe any of that or not, and it's okay if you believe this and still worship this and still live in the law and all this Right, stuff. right, <laughs> like, right, right, like, right. Well, why did you just
2: say all that stuff then? He's a, he's a, he's a Star Wars heretic. Yeah. And there's a disruption in the Force. Mm.
0: Nice. Mm. The, so, so, But he's not wrong in his preface, and so this is a really interesting – it's a really interesting truth. He's not wrong in his preface that Star Wars isn't real. Sorry, guys star wars uh, you know is what? is fantasy Star Trek is science you fiction
2: when you were growing up.
0: star- Star Wars is fantasy by admission. Star Trek is science fiction, so there's the possibility of it being real in the future and as we have seen, Star Trek has continued no, to, to get closer and closer to reality star wars that, but
2: <laughs> I had to remind you kids growing up that Star Trek is not real either
0: You didn't have to remind me, but <laughs> I wasn't the one who had that problem <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, but although, this pre- so you're saying, this although pre-
2: a certain indi- a certain individual would dive into explaining to me that many of the things that we see on Star Trek become reality. Yeah, it's
0: actually really profound. It's really crazy. Like when, you yeah. uh, like even the term Enterprise and like how. Anyway, but um but uh his preface his preface is not untrue which is that it's not real so if people want to have their own their own thoughts on it why shouldn't they be able to it shouldn't affect the fact that this is where stuff is coming from and that my friends is the basis of fandom mhm so what do we do with that cuz that that is the basis of fandom so i guess my my counter question to that is Is fandom – does fandom fuel uh, – what am I thinking? Does fandom fuel postmodernism? like when we go to Comic-Con and you see 25 different versions of Wonder Woman most of which have no business putting on that costume um you know and it's like and they don't and 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 it's forbidden for you to shame them you know for doing that because they have their own version isn't it kind of similar the real difference though is this is like the top down right mm-hmm. like i understand it from an economic standpoint from basically you know you're, the more disciples you can get to that particular fandom, the, mm-hmm. the better it is for you economically. But mm-hmm. I do wonder if it is – I do wonder about that. Like is fandom something that um, really hurts the – really hurts that? And Star Trek, going back to Star Trek, actually um, – so Star Trek is the original fandom for those who don't know. Um, it was – how
1: we get it, man.
0: No, 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 no. Your, no, your no, point no. is proven. No, 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 no. What I mean by that is, I mean, I mean that as a factual level. Um, there's a, a husband and wife, B. Joe Trimble and somebody else. I can't remember his name, but um, they were the ones who started oh, okay. the first letter-writing campaign that got Star Trek a third season. They were the ones who started the campaign that got Star Trek um, taken by Paramount into. Movies and in development for a second season, they were the first ones to organize a uh, fan convention. Um, Star Trek was the beginning of fandom as we know it, right? But um, fast forward many years, just a few years ago, there was a lawsuit by uh, Paramount and CBS or Viacom. I can't remember how that worked out, but um, uh, against fan a fan-made movie called Star Trek Axenar. And Axenar wasn't just a fan-made movie that took place in the Battle of Axenar, which is this event in Star Trek history, but um but um uh, it starred a bunch of um actual legitimate Star Trek actors who were like lending their likeness <sighs> and their character to the fandom and they got a cease and desist order yeah. from CBS viacom paramount whatever um and it's been a huge deal and so because of that moment star trek basically said from this point on none of that fandom is allowed unless you know videos are shorter than this amount of time and Hmm. like have this sort of thing and they put all of these um you know they put all of these checks and balances on because they didn't want to pollute the the stream of consciousness in regard to the actual star trek brand now this of course is before they basically relaunched star trek on cbs all access and now cbs all access has like five star trek yeah. programs and it's like going hard at star trek mm-hmm. um but it, it is interesting It it is interesting because they were the ones who created the dilution of the brand
1: mm-hmm.
0: and now they're fighting back against it because they're worried that it, it will get away from them um so yeah, I wonder how that... I don't know, that's all just it kind of back information on on mm-hmm. where this is coming from. I don't know, what do you guys think?
2: I don't know, beat me up, Scotty. Heidi says, you
0: know, it's never actually said in the show. Um, Heidi says, it's a launching pad for them to have the dark side be the righteous side to relate to, like Maleficent. Interesting. You can believe anything. Um... Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to just process the two different sides because you're on one hand you're saying, or you're suggesting, or like the Star Trek side is these are the people that tried to you know um, keep the truth sacred or whatever you know and protect against outside influences and and getting away from them. But on the other side, you have um, the opposite happening. You have an invitation well, I, to, to my, take the truth,
0: th- right?
2: My take on it would be that that uh, uh, Star Trek, was the uh, the people responsible for Star Trek, were protecting their brand, and it's a trademark infringement issue, and they didn't want to open up the possibility of not being able to control revenue that was generated off of their ideas, I, and and so there's that economic aspect to it. There may well be that same thing in play with, uh, you know, with with uh, what's happening with the other entity. But but the reality of it is, is that by making the statement that this author did, he basically opens it up to the fact that in Star Wars you can have your own reality of what that might look like. The the outgrowth of that could be then that uh, you have the possibility of uh, it being pirated and or an alternate reality being put into place uh, by those that would go off on a fringe.
1: Yeah. Breaking yeah, news is problem. that this guy, he was just fired. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
2: Matt Martin would, was just fired by I would <laughs> I would wonder if, because this is really about economics. I would wonder if, if, if Disney would look at that and maybe try to rein him in and say, "Do you understand what you're saying?" Because anything related to Star Wars, we're going to control.
0: Yeah, he's pretty. He Disney is pretty fierce in in controlling their brand. Mm. So oh, yeah. but even
2: yeah, since
1: the that. even since they hit the hard, you know, reset when Disney acquired them, haven't they slowly been saying, "Oh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I feel like this is a thing, but haven't they slowly been saying, okay, yeah, no, this is okay too. This is okay too. This is canon too. Like in in little, you know, little arcs or character details or things like that, you know? Like yeah. m- maybe even if they're small, maybe not like a major or whatever, but I feel like they're slowly like they started out with a strong grip to like you know flex on people, but then they're like loosening and saying okay yeah this detail about Han Solo or something like that you know or or whatever. I feel like they've slowly been releasing more and more and more of that back or like relinquishing, not relinquishing control, but
2: you know what I mean like acknowledging.
1: I do think yes,
2: that's a that's a standard business model, Adam and. a model by the way which which works its way through to other uh, other areas of life for example parenting but you always start out strong and then if you need to loosen up later you can because it's impossible to go from a position of weakness to a position of strength and so it's in business it's not unusual to find businesses having a tight grip at first and then uh, be uh, allowing that that grip to uh, become less intense.
0: See, I would agree with that in practicality. I don't know if I agree with that in philosophy, but in practicality, in outworking, I do. Just the intent behind it. I think um, I I would push back on just from the. I I think that you start out strong because people need clear boundaries to have proper attachment. And so in order for you to in, in order for you to you know build proper character, proper um, proper uh, connection to even a product or whatever, you have to, you have to make a strong presence so that people can define that world better. Then once people have a definition, then you can pull back and allow them freedom to operate within that definition. Um, So they don't go off the rails and, you know, destroy things. Mm. So for their own benefit, not for your control. But that's, you know, that's just a different way of of looking at it. Practically, I think it's the same thing. Let's see. So Joseph Jesse says, I think Disney is trying to keep from looking like the evil empire, but we all know you must have the high ground. (laughs) Yeah, I think I do think that I do think that there is an aspect of goodwill involved in Disney sort of, you know, Hmm. like they took this over. We're in control. I think they're definitely more along the Pastor Monty side of mm. of how to handle that. And I, you know, I, th- I think that was weird. That was a weird sound, is that, because I did that? It might have been. Oh. Um, I do want to go back to just where that stands for us as believers, where that stands for us as yeah. people operating in the real world. I do think that, It is a fairly dangerous concept and um, I don't think it's a dangerous concept if it is something that is explained, you know, like I think it's one of those things where we have to we have to teach people discernment and to like if people don't base their lives around this, they understand that Star Wars is a product and not a way of life and not a narrative. Don't
1: base your life around it yes
0: if you understand that (laughs) that's an
1: explicit statement from our show
0: then i think it's okay um but you know i I think if if it's what you live for and a lot of people it is Mm -hmm. it's it's actually uh i'll just go out and say it it's insane (laughs) um that people, you know, live for their fandoms. And look, I am not a stranger to fandom.
1: Look around. <laughs>
0: like the camera's not panning around, uh, yeah. but if you look at my, if you look at my office, I have a toy wall. I have a. Uh, I don't know if you can get any Comic on books camera. of
1: surrounding and, the you No, know, the camera's perimeter. facing the
0: other way. Oh, but you, maybe you can get up there. I don't know. But I've got, you know, I've got the Enterprise over here behind Adam, several Batmobiles. I've got multiple iterations of Batman. I've got, you know, comic... I've got a comic book, uh, like, bin in my office. It's not a bin. It's a drawer. I've got, you know, pops, like, uh, Funko Pops. Like, I am not a stranger to fandom, okay? But, like, the that fandom is a tool. It's not who i am if so the warning i would give is if if it's who you are then you can't build who you are on something that shifts if it's something that is going to shift like that then it's incredibly dangerous for you to build who you are on it mm-hmm. um and you should fight for truth to build who you are onto. and that's where i think it it does i am concerned about that style of narrative um, because Star Wars is a, it's a seminal story for this generation. Um, it's like one of those things where you should know Star Wars, you know. So I am concerned about that idea. But on the other side, if they're taught that it's not real, well, honestly, proper development. Um, one of the one of the main building blocks of proper de- development is the concept of free play. Where we're able to use our imaginations and and um, sort of extrapolate and build upon these stories that we have. You know, when kids run around wearing masks, I, I swear to you, my son every day says, you know, if there was a bad guy, you know, and he like, what I do. Yeah. And he runs around wearing a mask and like pretends today I'm Batman today. I'm today. I'm, you know, Spider-Man today. I'm whatever, you know, should I discourage that because that's not canon? But, you know, you you never see him running around saying, today I'm Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we've taught him to understand that one is a story and one is not a story. And so one – or how would I say that? One is a narrative and one one is a story. Uh, or one is a historical narrative and one is yeah. – you know, <laughs> one, is one is real and one is not, you know? <laughs> so – um, I I I think, I think we got to be careful and discerning, and if we are not, then kids will naturally turn that into imaginative play, imaginative play, and then you get things like pseudo which is okay. <laughs> so pseudo is the writing of stories, uh, specifically biblical stories, biblically based stories. Under the name of, a, um, of like a real disciple, you know, so you've got like the Gospel of Thomas, for instance. That's Pseudopicrypha. It's not a real story. it's not a historical story, but it's a fanciful tale that's told under the name of an actual disciple pretending to be a real story. And that can get real confusing for people. And I think that Star Wars, Star Trek. You take Star Trek, and that's essentially what they were having. Was they? It was the fandom was so rabid and was so much more developed. And I know you Star Wars people out there think that your fandom is just as big and as developed, but you don't even compare to Star Trek fandom. You you probably make fun of Star Trek fandom because it is these people think they're actually in Star Trek. So anyway, um, but you know it got so out of control that they had to pull back because they were worried that Axanar was was going to overtake the um the the canon of star trek you know it was going to be pseudepicrypha and they had to control their brand and so i think you know star wars versus star trek in regard to that you can see the progression in what can happen Mm um so yeah there's a lot there strangely
1: yeah and just in terms of the last you know the last point he was not the last point but within one of the last points he was making like you also have to make sure that you're when you're teaching your kids this about how they can interact within these you know um stories and and things that aren't real like be careful that 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 philosophy or whatever doesn't play out in other parts of their lives we don't this author saying we get to pick and choose what's real and what's true we don't go out, get to go out in the world and get to pick and choose what laws we get to follow and laws we don't get right. to follow yeah we don't get to pick and choose you know lots of different things in regards to um how we live so just just be careful with it because it's a it's a dangerous invitation in terms of how we think about things in general. There,
0: there always needs to be something that is real.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We need to teach kids to, and that's a really good point. We need to teach, teach kids to discern what is on the table for imaginative play and yeah. what is not on the table for imaginative play. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you have decided that the world is a war zone and you want to go shoot your nerf guns and there's nothing else going on doesn't mean that you can go play out in the streets mm. because regardless of whether it's a war zone in your mind and there's no such thing as cars cars don't know that
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so you you got to teach you got to teach discernment um so i i mean i don't necessarily have a problem with what he's saying in practicality but
1: it, it it's i it red flagged me yeah for sure, and that's that's why we're talking about it. So, all right, guys. Well, it's been good. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for you guys being here, and we'll see you uh, next week. Adios. See ya.
0: The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.